radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 77, recorded on Friday, October 21st from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we watch the latest gubernatorial debate in Wisconsin, so you don't have to. But first, the headlines. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. So let's start off with some updates about the January 6th committee. I'll let you pick which one you want to start with. Uh, let's start with Steve Bannon. Let's start with friend of the pod, Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> friend of no one, Steve Bannon. Just today, Steve Bannon was sentenced to four months in prison for doing what he was always doing, evading the January 6th panel and not cooperating by any means. He did not respond to a subpoena to appear before the committee and, as he said, was sentenced to four months in jail. Yeah, he's going to spend a lot time it's gonna rot away our justice system worked (laughs) it's great except uh he is free because the judge let him not be in jail while he is appealing the decision which means that all they have to do is stretch this out for four more months and he'll likely get time served even though he didn't serve any time and that'll be the end of that awesome yay those tough on crime republicans that hate bail let's talk about cash bail again (laughs) shall we oh okay what our other one the january 6th committee has officially submitted their subpoena for donald trump to appear before the committee and that's also gonna be absolutely fantastic with no issues (laughs) our our judicial system is gonna work perfectly fine trump will comply trump will comply like a reasonable hey it said in the letter you have to comply by law it said so so you have to do it i don't know it's it's like an unwritten rule of the written rule that you have to like do it you know Mm. the subpoena did require that trump produce documents to the committee by November 4th and to appear for actual in-person testimony on or about November 14th. I don't know why they they wrote it like that. Like, so it's like about... What? Like, hey, I want you on this day. But, like, you can give it a couple of days or two. Like, it's fine. Like, we're, we're kind of flexible here in Congress. It's okay. Right. Yeah, I doubt that'll ever happen. No, it won't happen at all. And I actually don't even doubt that he's going to give him any, like, any documents at all either. Because why would he? Right. I'll have to get the FBI to raid his home again. And then the conservatives can talk about what a violation of his rights it was. Hooray. The system works, I think. You know, our main topic today is about a debate. But let's talk about a different one. one we could not talk about last week because it happened literally at the same time we were recording our last episode. This was the Georgia Senate debate between current Senator Raphael Warnock and running back from the 80s Herschel Walker. I don't I don't like to again, we've talked about this many times. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I never liked the name <laughs> Herschel Walker. Always brought back bad memories. I I a hipster on Herschel Walker. I hated him before it was cool. I'm very proud of you. So yes, even you bringing up that he was a running back in the 80s, I would say a failed MMA fighter. Sure, Herschel let's go Walker is definitely, as I've said before, a CTE enthusiast and um, not so proud baby daddy, abortion provider, and abuser. Yes, proven abuser. So cool. The entire country rests in the hands of that. So that's cool. 
And we're not going to break down the entirety of the debate because that'd be very long and boring. You can just know that Herschel Walker was very stupid, like he always is. But there was one instance during the debate that everyone seems to be talking about. During Friday's debate, both candidates were asked about crime and public safety, like in many other debates I've been have going on. We're actually going to talk about it in the main segment. I will say he was surprisingly coherent for the one minute answers. <laughs> it's another one where that short format really helped because he could just give like a prepared. It's it's literally what athletes do. Sure. When they're asked, they, you know, you're just taught don't give anything that could be used against you. Just say the same things that everyone says. You know, oh, it was a team effort. We're all pulling the heart out there. You know, we take it one game at a time. We give our all. And that's basically what Herschel Walker did during this debate. Whereas I think everyone, myself included, expected him to go on one of those crazy rants like he does during his campaign events. Sure. When he has to fill up a lot of time and he starts just making and stuff just going up. off the cuff and just having a good time with it and talking about how we can't have clean air because if we do then china's air will come over here and then it'll be dirty air again but nothing like that came up in this debate which i think was almost like a de facto win <laughs> for walker because <laughs> it's like we all expected him to f- literally fall on his face well see here's the thing though well, let's talk about it so after being asked about crime and public safety senator warnock went first where he briefly talked about his ideas about you know the typical democratic stuff fine whatever before attacking walker by saying quote i have never pretended to be a police officer and i have never threatened a shootout with the police because of course herschel walker did both and that's not even the crazy part yet. <laughs> right like that was fairly that's mild. a standard attack then in response to those accusations herschel walker goes full carrot top and pulls out a fake well not fake but it's like an honorary prop sheriff's badge and says i am with many police officers to a crowd going crazy <laughs> he just pulled out a badge right out of his pocket he's also said that he has trained with the fbi because basically these groups will allow a famous athlete to come and give speeches because of course they would right and so he believes that that means that he is trained with the fbi right yeah like he he's gone down to quantico and has been in classes and has taught the fbi his techniques stuff like that when he just gave like a hi i'm herschel walker and i scored touchdowns Woo! and that was pretty much it it was even more hilarious when the moderator had to reprimand him on stage by telling him he knew the rules of the debate and that props were not allowed and that he had to put the prop away although he argued that it was actually a real so it wasn't a prop so he could have it out <laughs> and yes he did argue with the moderator he totally did the whole time didn't listen to this her. is a legit badge he probably would have punched her if they were closer <laughs> at least the, from what his oh. son and ex-wives have said and just a little quick about the badge that he actually took out i kind of said it already it was an honorary badge that he received from 2004 so many many years ago it was given to him by johnson county sheriff greg roland one of the good old boys one of the good old sheriffs back in the day you know who appeared in a campaign video after the debate happened where i cannot believe this <laughs> where the sheriff actually said these words if herschel walker's badge is a prop then i guess this badge i wear every day to protect the citizens this is also a prop but these are real badges and i gave this to my friend for all he's done for this country and for this county and then I... he jumped the ravine in the general league <laughs> 
I, but actually, I think he would be Boss Hog. In that's this. so cringy. Yeah, like that's it's so a real. Cringy. It's as real as my badge. Yeah. It was given to him for everything he's done. Like, okay, so he's not an actual police officer, right? No. Like, he, he's not getting paid. He can't arrest anyone. No. Then it's fake. Oh, oh no! I wish more people were talking about that because well, I, that's the thing. I don't really think it hurt him that much, even though yes, that was on all of the like left news shows. But it seemed like. Like for the average Georgian, they were like, yep, he works with the police. See, that police officer said so. Uh, our democracy relies on Georgia. And even worse, Walker has since doubled down on his embarrassment, so much that he has purchased over a thousand prop badges to sell for his campaign. <laughs> Just in time for Halloween. And fundraise. So now he's going to be making money off of this. And in defense of the people of Georgia, our democracy did rely on Georgia. And they did pull through. And they came through for That's us true. before. So do it again, please. Please. Please, because I, I don't trust our state, all right? You yeah, we might screw it up for everyone. We might. There's a very good chance we're going to screw it up, man. But we'll include the link for the video if you want to see it for yourself. Otherwise, Herschel Walker's an idiot. Tell everyone you know who lives in Georgia to vote for Senator Warnock. Next up, we have some local news and another attempted act of censorship on a book, this time in Kenosha. We have to read another book. Maybe. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, this is going to be for the 2020. NEA National Endowment of the Arts Big Read program selection from Kenosha was the book Homegoing by Ya Gyasi, which was challenged by Kenosha County Board Supervisor Tim Stalker for being, quote, too graphic and controversial. Okay, so what happened? Well, first, let's talk about the book. Home, right. Homegoing is the story of two Ghanaian half-sisters, one who marries a white Englishman, the other sold into slavery, and it follows their family lineage i think it's about 250 years and kind of shows you what the impact that has on both of their families for generations so it's basically a narrative juxtaposition of what's going on with racism and without having read it and and just read read descriptions of it yeah i I believe so okay i I think that's a great idea to be honest Mm -hmm. now this event the big read is geared towards adults all right so we're not talking about oh this is in classrooms this is in children's libraries it's not the event is geared towards adults and the general public from the public library yeah mr stocker brought up his concerns about the book during a kenosha county public library system board meeting where he is also a member so not only is he the county board supervisor he's also a member of the county public library system board so really quick as a heads up for those of you who don't know county or city like public library boards is a thing and they do meet like regularly, like either like monthly or bi-monthly? Bi-monthly for this. They meet six times a year. Cool. Get involved with these because this is where all the crazy stuff does happen because only the crazies get involved with the public library people. So this is actually a great opportunity for people to start volunteering and getting involved with their local governments. That isn't a lot of work. And Kenosha is both a county and a city, which is actually important uh, for this conversation. Uh, His quote, I'm ready. There are parts of this book that could not be read out loud in a meeting like this. Okay. It describes the rape of a child in graphic and pornographic detail. Pornographic? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be pornographic, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the pornographic part's on... It's on the reader at that point, right? <laughs> if, like, if you read a graphic... Description, description of you're... Description of raping somebody... Like, jerking off at the yeah, same time, say, that's, that's on you. Right, yeah. Oh, no. My question to the librarian is, with all the wonderful 
literature available as a, I think he, he stutters. So the way they have this written out is as a representative and a representative, he just kind of fumbled over his words there. Okay. But with all of the wonderful literature available as a representation of the people of Kenosha, can you choose a book that is not so graphic and controversial? Okay. And the library told him to screw off. They did actually. The big issue being, this is a program of the Kenosha City Library and is not governed by the county library system. Okay. So he brought that up in their county library meeting just to make a big spectacle of it. And he literally said that he tried to bully this librarian into changing their selection. Wow. And they wouldn't. And that's why he brought this to the county board. Wow. Even though she's not a county librarian. I tried to search for Tim Stocker, like, okay, let's see what else he's done. What other information is he's on these two different boards? He's got to, there's got to be some information about him. The only things I could find are that he is an archery coach for a conservative evangelical private Christian school. Of course he is. And that as county board supervisor, he was pushing for legislation, which did pass unanimously, by the way, to allow Kenosha County employees to bring concealed firearms to work. Because of course. Who is banning books again? I forget. I thought it, I thought was, it was the woke left <laughs> that was censoring everybody. And yeah, had it was all about cancel culture. Yeah. But well, yet every time we see someone, and this is about adults, literally trying to prevent adults from reading a book. It's a conservative Christian worried about books that talk about the history of slavery in America being too graphic and controversial. And weirdly pornographic. Yeah, and child rape is apparently pornography to Well, and I also Mr. I love the fact that and people do this crap all the time where they'll say it's too controversial when they're the ones who are literally making it a controversy. It was totally fine until these people brought up a stink about it. So it's not that it's controversial. You guys are just getting offended. That's all it is. And it's always relating to their whiteness. Of course For some is. reason. Well, and some weird hidden sexual urges that I think Tim really needs to get checked out with a therapist. Let's go quite a ways away for our final topic. We don't talk that much about international politics. Uh, we have a hard enough time just keeping up with what's going on here in the United States, so it doesn't come up all that often. But it seems like we had this story fairly recently, too. If I remember right from, like, I don't know, six or seven episodes ago, uh, Britain's prime minister resigned. You mean Boris Johnson's gone? <laughs> Boris Johnson's not there anymore? That is correct, though. The UK is currently looking for a new prime minister after Liz Truss, the one who replaced Boris Johnson only six weeks ago has now resigned making her the shortest serving prime minister in uk history that's something to be proud of <laughs> I made history in one way or another. So what happened? Well, there's a little bit of nuance also in government systems because they have a different government than America does. So be aware of that. But long story short, trust did what every conservative, at least in America, also promises to do. They cut taxes. In fact, these tax cuts were so big and so sweeping, approximately $270 billion worth in this year alone. And they were also, much like their U.S. counterparts, directed specifically at the wealthy and corporations. That cost of living and 
borrowing costs skyrocketed so much to the point where markets and borrowers panicked. Then these plans ultimately tanked the British pound with a record single day drop and eventually hitting an all time low against the US dollar. This is all within like a month and a half. <laughs> and I think two of the four major or like bigger cabinet members resigned. Well, her finance director was fired and then others resigned. And then she had to apologize saying that mistakes were made. <laughs> And all of this just came crashing down the most spectacular possible because this also comes from the economic impact from Brexit as well as the pandemic. So typical UK citizens also were losing their money and losing their minds, eventually forcing Liz Truss to leave and was bid a fond farewell. <laughs> now I have that you, I didn't put this in here because I didn't care enough to read the story, but you do have the point of the lettuce winning. Yes, the you, lettuce won. Do you want to explain what the lettuce won? So it was a tabloid in Britain that basically theorized and, and thought that she would not be in office for very long after being nominated by her party and set up a webcam with a head of lettuce with googly eyes on it and a picture of Liz Truss with the caption, who will last longer, the lettuce or Liz? And as it turns out, the lettuce the won. Lettuce won. <laughs> It's a little brown, a little bit, but you could cut around that and still still make like a, you know, salad or sandwich <laughs> or something. Whereas Liz is now gone. So it's a big loss for the person that had the Twitter account uh, at Liz Truss, who was not the prime minister, uh, but someone else. <laughs> And she had a good a good time when all of the world leaders were tweeting at her. Congratulations. <laughs> but now maybe she'll get some condolences instead. Oh, no. So now, with the UK's economy still trying to recover, the conservative Tory party will be looking to nominate a new prime minister in the coming weeks. And Boris Johnson is one of the contenders. <laughs> <laughs> Bring Boris back. Bring Boris back. Oh, God. Good luck, UK. We got our own problems to deal with. And let's talk about those problems. To the main segment. That was really a pr productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. For those of you who don't know, there was a recent Wisconsin gubernatorial debate last week. And why would you know? No one watches those things. No I mean, one we cares. mentioned it in our last podcast. No one listens to our show. <laughs> no one listens to them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> So what we're going to do is we watched it for you, just like the senatorial debates, and make sure you get all the facts. Some cheap and easy content. Boom, baby. So this was a debate by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. This was the one who hosted the first Mandela Barnes debate. What were your overall thoughts, Jason, about it? Well, my first thing is if we could weaponize Tony Evers and use him to attack our enemies and force them into a deep... <laughs> dark slumber because he might be the most boring man uh, in the world i so i was watching it while you were also putting notes into this thing and i was about to go back because i saw you put an overall thoughts mm -hmm. segment and i just heard him just ramble through <laughs> the worst answer ever and it's like god he's a terrible speaker without you realizing how you <laughs> i put just it, put you just put that in right before it yeah he's, he was so bad yeah not only is he so boring but he stammers constantly it's like he isn't prepared he didn't like test out any of his answers yeah. make sure he got the points down it was so bad man it, and like there are plenty of times where michael's opened himself up for all of these attacks and you saw evers try to do them but he was so awkward when he did it he just fumbled the entire time it brought back memories of watching the democratic primary for governor when he was running and me just thinking i knew he was the front runner he was the one everyone thought would win from the start and i was like oh there's no way this guy 
guy's going to win. He is so boring. He does not have any charisma when he speaks. There's no way he's going to win. And of, of course, he won <laughs> quite handily. Yeah. And he won the governorship, too. Yep. So, I, again, I guess debates don't count. Well, no. I mean, let's so let's be real here. I, I mean, if we want to talk about the impact of this debate, people aren't watching this, man. Like, there may have been a couple of clips, like the local news agencies picked up. But besides that, like, the ones who are watching it are people like you and me. They're the ones who are already invested. They know what side they're on. They don't give a rip. They just want to make fun of the other side, which is what we're doing. <laughs> Gotta get those memes. Right. <laughs> One thing I was just, I think what made me the angriest though is again, no back and forth. Yeah. No, no rebuttals, nothing. Just might as well call this a joint town hall again because there was nothing that made this look like a debate at all. Nothing. Right. They're not actually debating anything. Well, and that's also what made me happy was when I was seeing comments on Facebook of this debate, I saw people saying how happy they were that this was such a civil debate. <laughs> I'm like, they didn't debate. What are you talking about? As long as we're all just very happy and keeping both points of, you know, as long as everyone gets all points of conflict you know make sure that we all have all the information we need here and have all points of view represented in a nice meaningful way shut up Oh, God. What did you think about Tim Michaels? Uh, he was better than the last debate we Yeah, watched. he was not so sweaty. He was not as sweaty. He didn't say anything. No, like, but he said nothing very confidently. Yes, he did. I think that's probably the... I, I was going to let you have that, but <laughs> when you put that note in there, that was probably the best way I could describe his performance. He said literally nothing. I mean, it was so clear. He's, he's legitimately an idiot. He has no idea how government or anything works at all. And to compensate for that, he just speaks in like vague generalities the entire time. He just talks about like leadership and his time like at Michael's Corp and that's it. Like they have nothing, no specific adv- examples. They even tried to push him for a specific example and he had nothing. He had no idea what he was talking yeah. about. So I was like, this one time at Michael's Corp? That's his answer for everything. Oh, literally, because that's all he has. There was also a lot of things of acts are bad. I fix them now. With leadership. With leadership. I am a veteran and a business owner. <laughs> I got a tomb inside the United States. And he used that so, like, yep. with almost every question. It didn't matter what the topic was. Things are bad. I will fix them. Okay. And we already kind of talked about how bad Evers was. So, yeah. So, if you didn't, if you don't care anything about, like, specifics, any policies, any programs that you'd like to see, if you didn't care about any of that, you would probably think Michaels won the debate because he didn't stutter over his words quite as much. There was still a little bit of it. He looked way more confident yeah and when he was delivering his pre-prepared lines he again there was nothing there there was no meaning but he said it confidently yep well and we'll describe even the first question you can see for yourself how it goes so let's dive into this then the first topic they talked about was inflation and both candidates were asked how they would fix the rising prices and help deal with inflation tony evers went first saying he wants a middle-class tax cut by 10 percent. he wants to get rid of the minimum markup law on gas i didn't know if you knew what this was i didn't um until he mentioned it so i did a little bit of looking into it um turns out it's actually called the unfair sales act also known as a minimum markup law it requires gas stations in wisconsin to set prices at least 9.18 percent over what they pay for at wholesale value according to an article by the post crescent this law dates back to 1939 and was intended to prevent larger chains and retailers from undercutting small local stations by selling gas as a lost leader that's not how things work anymore really and interestingly enough, 
Um, the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty, or Will, a super right-wing law firm and think tank. They're usually the ones that are behind almost every single legal battle, like in government. They liked this as well. So Tony Evers coming out with the the right-wing conservative talking points from the get-go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also said he would support a child tax credit. He did for the state. So I mean, it was, it was policy. It was actual yeah. policy. Michael's hope is on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should start referring to him as that. Tim, hope is on the way, Michaels. He basically blamed the canceling of the Keystone Pipeline for inflation today in Wisconsin. And um, as a reminder to everyone, the Keystone XL Pipeline was designed to transport tar sands oil, which is like the dirtiest form of petroleum that you can get, from Alberta, Canada, to refineries in Texas so that it can be shipped to overseas buyers. Yep. And would not actually impact domestic oil prices at all. Certainly not Wisconsin. And and also, as governor of Wisconsin, neither Tony Evers or Tim Michaels would be able to do anything about the federal policies as it refers to the Keystone XL pipeline. That was another thing that Michaels did a lot. He referred a lot to Democrats in Washington, Joe Biden, things like that during the debate, even though he has no... Yeah, pipeline does not go through no. Wisconsin. <laughs> it was not proposed to go through Wisconsin. No, not at all. And much like his other debates, his plan for inflation was basically business, business, business 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 quote i'm a businessman i understand macroeconomics i understand how to read a balance sheet also to remind everyone he did not start michael's corporation (laughs) it is his family's business and he started when he was in his 30s is it bad that this was like the exact to me this was exactly (laughs) the same as putting i'm proficient in excel on a resume (laughs) and he started with the company as an executive vice president but yet he constantly Uh. takes credit for all of their success he is not the ceo the company his brother is so that's his plan is that he knows how to read a balance sheet he then went to more vague appeals about tax cuts and putting more money in people's pockets but didn't say anything specifically but he did not mention his proposed flat tax that he brought up during the gop primary debate which i thought was interesting and he's talked about it on a few different campaign stops but yet doesn't talk about it in the general debate i wonder wonder, why i wonder what he's trying to hide there i actually want to really lower taxes quite a bit on the the only the super wealthy it's actually going to raise it on everyone else, but... Uh, we saw how well that did on the British pound. Overall, it would lower taxes, right? Because the, the upper percent pay the most, so it would lead to a tax deficit. So then let's jump into revenue sharing and our budget. For those of you who don't know, Wisconsin is currently sitting on a $5.8 billion surplus. That's a billion with a B that we have not done a single thing with. Because the Republican legislature refuses to let anything that Tony Evers wants to do with that money pass. Literally, that was what the entire last session was all about, is where Tony Evers was fighting tooth and nail for stuff in his budget that was going to reinvest this back into Wisconsin stuff, but then it was all rejected by Republicans. They're holding out hope that Tim Michaels will win the election so that they can use that money dismantling public schools. Basically. So, both candidates were asked what they would do to help share revenues to local municipalities that need it most. Michaels started off by saying, leadership sucks. Bureaucracy in D.C. is bad. I, I don't even know why that's relevant, but sure, why not? And then quote saying, we're going to spend as much money as any governor has ever spent on education. Oh, really? 
Really? Said revenue sharing was his top priority and that smaller communities do not get enough funding from the state. And also said that $5.8 billion should not exist and that we should give it back to all the people instead. So he wants to spend all this money that we have. And then not have money. But then also we shouldn't have it. Nope. And it's all theft and he wants to give it back to the people. Correct. Can't actually have it both ways. Hey, don't ever tell a Republican what they can and can't do. (laughs) They'll do it anyway, man. (laughs) And when he was asked what plan he had to get any of this done, he just kept talking about spending money. We need to spend more money. You know that- A a Republican talking about spending money. Those tax and spend Republicans, man. Well, if he's made in the mold of Tommy Thompson, the former long-running Republican governor, he was extremely tax and spend. Yep. That's back in the day, though, man. They they ain't gonna fly today. He talked about being friends with Tommy Thompson in this debate. He really did. Who's gotta be in his 80s? That's like when I was a kid, he was the (laughs) governor. Because that was before Doyle, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then they moved to guns. Evers' response was, again, rather boring. Um, He went back to revenue sharing, saying that we need to fund local resources and police and blah, 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 blah. What do you expect any Democratic politician to say? Well, that's one of the things, right? So schools and police departments in every municipality across the state are low on funding. Yep. We've got $5.8 billion that we refuse to spend. Yep. That we're just holding out hope that our Republican savior will become governor. And then maybe we'll spend some of that tax money that belongs to the people. It doesn't belong to the state legislature of Wisconsin. It belongs to all of us. And it's being held hostage. Literally. Michael's answer to help stop gun violence, he said, and this is like the several times now he's already said this, and it's only been 10 minutes for this debate. Crime is rampant all over the state, not just in Milwaukee. Thanks for having our back, Jim. <laughs> he said he spoke to officials in Wausau who said 75% of their homicides were stabbings and said, quote, this wasn't gun violence, it was knife violence. So... <laughs> When I heard that's that, that's the real problem. Yeah. When I heard that, I tried so, dude, I tried so hard to fact check this claim. You have no idea how hard it was to try to find any stats at all for Marathon County. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's in the middle. Wausau's in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's like up in the middle of the state. It's like, what, two hours north of Madison? Right. It's a tiny city. So the only data I could actually find based on like a couple hours of research for this whole podcast was from some third party sources that said Marathon County averages about zero to two homicides a year. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably about right. So 75% of two homicides (laughs) in one of the like i guess it's a city so compared to the surrounding countryside uh, around it it's a you know a city center but yeah. so okay so maybe that is true but let's talk numbers here you guys <laughs> and for reference get a big little bit bigger sample size and for reference i was able to find the numbers for milwaukee according to the milwaukee homicide review commission in 2022 milwaukee has seen 153 homicides do you want to guess how many of those were by knife oh uh, well, 75 percent Right? At That's least what Tim Michaels told at me. least seventy five percent. It was three. Less than two percent of all homicides were done by knife. I feel lied to. Another three were listed as bodily force or other. I don't know what other <laughs> means. That's like beating someone to death, I think. <laughs> what's bodily force then? I, that's what I mean. Oh, I think what's other? I want to know what the other is. Miscellaneous. It was one. There was one homicide that was listed as, like, did he hit him with a car? <laughs> well, did I he, think that would was be Was it death by, gra- death by gravity? 
What, what's the other? Defenestration. I don't know. So that means the other 146, over like 95%, were gun-related deaths. This doesn't even account for the 569 shootings that did not result in a homicide. So even if what Michael said was true, I wonder why he chose to talk about someplace in Wausau where it never happens, where literally you can talk about Milwaukee, and he talked about Milwaukee a lot during this debate, where gun violence is literally a rampant problem. Right, he cherry-picked, obviously. Well, of course he did. I mean, let's be real here. The question even had statistics from Milwaukee about how police were seizing guns in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And he went all the way to Wausau. Then I think this is where I got the angriest of the whole debate. Michael's trying to explain what red flag laws were. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get as angry as I did? Yeah, I'd heard this before we actually watched the debate. So I knew this was coming. Yeah. Tim Michael said quote a disgruntled ex can say my ex who is a hunter everything is a hunter everything everybody's a hunter. a hunter that's the only time anybody has guns yep has weapons at home and i'm afraid of that and without due process those guns could be confiscated no 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 <laughs> yeah, no it goes to a judge who then decides which is what we generally consider to be due process oh my god and, like they're and, just like i filed a complaint give your guns up and again this whole idea that it's this, oh, my bitch of an ex, you know, it just hates my guts because I dumped her, you know, yeah. for Instead, whatever. Instead, it's people like Herschel Walker who threaten to kill their spouses and hold guns to their heads. Or themselves. Yeah, was it, and themselves. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of people who have their firearms taken away sometimes. Most of the time, it's just ignored. Herschel Walker would pull out his fake badge and the police would uh, say that his wife is lying and let him keep his guns. And that would be the end of it. And what makes me so angry about that response is that I feel like as a representative or as a potential candidate for a representative position in our government, you have a duty to keep things as honest as possible. And the idea that he says those things, that's going to be believed. That will do damage and will end up killing people in the long run for it. And that's what pisses me off so much about this because he's going to create this stupid stigma about red flag laws that are going to lead to the deaths of more Wisconsinites. They are not coming for your hunting rifle. No! (laughs) That's not really the point of red flag laws no it's because you beat up and threaten to kill your spouse and they file a restraining order against you and they tell a judge that you're one of those crazy people that has like 30 firearms in your house and they have to consider whether or not you are a risk to human life by law an entire investigation has to be performed by freaking law oh god that made me so angry it's like the story that we had over the 4th of july in highland highland park in illinois where that exact complaint was made of the young man that would eventually go on to murder multiple people and the police confiscated a knife collection that the father later said was his and not the son's and was given back to him those are the types of things we're talking about somebody who was displaying mental problems threatened to kill his family and police took steps to try to make their house a little safer which all it took was the word of his father to restore that knife collection and obviously more should have been done that's what we talk about all the time because as soon as this kid turned 18 he was able to go buy an assault weapon and murder people with it so this is exactly what we're talking about is making these laws tougher so that people who are demonstrating violent tendencies are not allowed to have access to literal weapons of war to murder dozens of people in our streets which is something that 
only happens in America and nowhere else in the world. And we just don't care. And we don't do anything about it. Because, because of people like Tim Michaels. The Second Amendment. Well, and because of people like Tim Michaels who will literally lie. Mm, and say it's about protecting your access to your hunting rifle. Right. Let's move to election integrity, shall we? Both candidates were told that there was absolutely no evidence of mass voter fraud in the 2020 election. And how would they feel about the integrity of the 2020 election as well as the 2022 midterm election that's about to happen? Michael started off because, of course, we got to hear from him. <laughs> and now remember when it was the primary debates and he was going against the much more radical Tim Rantham, he took a very moderate stance did. and basically said there was nothing further to investigate about the 2020 election. Tim Rantham is a lunatic and we shouldn't listen to him. Yep. He was even more moderate than Rebecca Clayfish on yes. this, weirdly enough. So during this debate, he said the WEC, although he didn't name them by name, actually did find illegal voting that happened. So, you know, checkmate libs, we won. Illegal voting happened. So what was that? And we've talked about this previously, but let's go over it again. What does he mean? There was illegal voting found in the state of Wisconsin. Well, there were 27 cases of voter fraud that were found in the 2020 election, which amounts to about 0.0008% of the 3.3 million ballots cast. This is actually much higher than in a normal election, but a lot of that is attributed to one specific case where more than half of those 27 came from. 16 were from La Crosse, where people had registered with their mailing address at a UPS store rather than their residence as required by law. They were given 30 days to update their residence. Oh, those dastardly <laughs> illegal voters. Of the 11 other cases, four people had vo voted both in person and absentee. One was a convicted felon, so How someone voting because they thought they could and they can't. How dare they? Yeah, uh, and I'm sure out of everyone we're going to talk about, this one person actually got jail time and probably nobody else did. One was an absentee ballot returned by the son of the person who had requested it and who had also voted in person. Three people voted in two places and one person returned two absentee ballots. Also one person who had been adjudicated incompetent who wasn't allowed to cast a ballot. I think that's probably the, uh, the Racine uh, that was like all oh, this big thing that's happening in every nursing home oh, had a hundred percent turnout and it's really like one person well and we were going to get there is an too, issue based on what tim michael said so those are the entire list we just went over literally every single case of voter fraud in the state of wisconsin during the 2020 election it's pretty crazy right oh boy yeah, man those crazy libs always <laughs> trying to rig elections with 0.0008 percent and there's no way of knowing who voted for who or you're supposed to not uh because we don't have registered parties here in the state and who you vote for is obviously secret but i will tell you nationwide when these things are investigated especially people have voted twice they always seem to be big trump fans for some reason <laughs> maybe when you tell people that the other side is voting illegally over and over and over and over again you might trigger some of your own followers to try to do the same thing michael's then went on to also say that quote clerks were given illegal guidance by the wec wisconsin election commission by the way yes thank you so this goes back to what you were talking about before and there's a there's a wide variety of things where one we talked about the Racine nursing home thing that was a big issue the indefinitely confined was a big issue 
issue for a lot of people. And that's so the Racine nursing home was that uh, people, election workers actually went to nursing homes to assist people with voting. Yes. And that was considered to be illegitimate. Again, this is during a pandemic where these are the most vulnerable people in our communities and people were going to try to help them vote. Can't have that. Correct. So, well, there was there was a lot of confusion, especially during the April election in 2020, but also during the 2020 election as well, where people didn't know what was really going on. And there was a lot of care. Trust me, I know I was trying to help people vote at that time. And there was a lot of people who said that you could be list yourself as indefinitely confined based on the pandemic. And then it said that the WEC was okay with that. So then I was okay for a little while. Well, if you're immunocompromised or at some other reason that you would not want to go out in public among other people, and you don't know how long the pandemic is going to last, as we know now, it's still not over. It's been more than two years. Right. To me, that seems like indefinitely confined. I mean, I would also agree. It was absolutely stupid. And that only the only thing that allowed you to do, though, by the way, is request a ballot without first uploading the picture of your driver's license yes. to the county clerk's office. Yes. I mean, that, that was literally it. So when Michaels talks about how there was illegal guidance given by the WEC, he's literally referring to our elections commission, which is a bipartisan or technically a nonpartisan elections commission, giving advice to help people vote safely during a worldwide pandemic. And then the dude also brought Zuckerbucks. If you guys don't know what Zuckerbucks are, that was part of the crazy conspiracy also happened during the pandemic where we were so badly in desperate need of poll workers and election officials and, and volunteers funding. and funding that Mark Zuckerberg, including some other people donated money to actually help with these policies and procedures so people could vote safely and have things go smoothly during the pandemic. It was basically a grant that was set up that every municipality across the country could apply for. Yep. And it would basically allow them to get funding to help pay for running the election. And this is, I think this was all taking place in like the Green Bay Appleton area, if I remember correctly. That's where a lot of the controversy was. There was no swaying of votes, nothing. Literally, it was just fun to help run the thing smoother. Just private enterprise subsidizing the government. It's what Republicans always want. No kidding. But not in this instance, because somehow that tainted the voting process. Because it's a conspiracy theory. And the reason why, as you kind of alluded to, that all of these places were running out of funding or were already out of funding before the election even began was because all of the extra training and supplies that they needed to deal with COVID. Yes. And because the state and federal governments were not providing any additional funding, that's why this private business stepped in, decided to provide this grant money. And yeah, should it not be, should it not get to that point? I agree. The government should be funding elections. Well, that's what I was just going to say. These people are so freaking stupid that they create the problem themselves and then have to create a wide casting conspiracy to solve the answer to the problem that they created. That's literally what this is. And also something that we had talked about, we have two referendum questions in some areas, including Waukesha County that I live in, basically targeting this situation. And it's worded in such a confusing manner and purposefully. So the Waukesha County supervisor actually voted against having those referendum questions because they are so confusing. They're impossible to decipher exactly what they're asking about. But basically, it's trying to target these outside groups 
from assisting or funding elections in the future because of they targeted this like Facebook rigged the election essentially is the storyline because of this. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about that in our Citizens United episode where they literally just released a documentary claiming about how dark money in politics is bad because of conspiracies like this. It is 100% a debunked conspiracy theory. Let's move to abortion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about abortion. Move to one of the biggest issues in this election. Wisconsin governor, it's honestly not as much control as it was before Roe v. Wade was overturned. Right. Because the Wisconsin state legislature was always planning on making abortion illegal in Wisconsin. Correct. They didn't have to do anything with the overturning of Roe v. Wade because we had an ancient law that was signed one year after Wisconsin was made a state. It is pre-Civil War that outlaws abortion in all cases except to save the life of the mother, but also doesn't outline any like stipulations for what that means and basically leads to what we have now in the state of Wisconsin where abortion is effectively illegal in all circumstances. Where it's basically a felony as well as you could jail doctors in the meantime. Correct. So this is where, and Michaels knew this was coming up, obviously. This was one of his worst answers of the night. Like, this was bizarre. <laughs> he just rambled on for whatever he had and just tried to fill time as much as he could. I Did you get that same impression? It was just I don't weird... even remember what is other than he did say Tim Michaels is radical on abortion and it should be between a woman and her doctor, which is the right answer, but it was also just extremely boring. So he said a couple of things here. One, that he's pro-life and won't apologize for it. Tim Michaels. Tim so. Michaels. Mm -hmm. Then he immediately calls out Evers as radical, saying he will allow doctors to murder babies. No, it's not true. And then my favorite line, quote, I'm a common sense guy and I have listened to the people and will always listen to the people. I have said that if a bill is put before me from the legislature, which is a representation of the people, and it has an exception for rape and incest, then I will sign it. Two things. Number one, I want to remind everyone that polls have repeatedly shown that the majority of Wisconsin voters support abortion in most cases. So when Tim Michaels is saying he listens to the people, yeah, he's lying. And number two, did you notice how Michaels said he listens to the people, but then said that a Republican-led gerrymandered legislature, which is one of the most unrepresentative legislators in the country, is actually just the people. And they would never put that bill in front of him. Of course not. If they wanted that to be passed, it could be passed tomorrow. Yes. They would just have to put it in front of Tony Evers and he would sign it. But they won't because they have exactly what they want, which is all well, abortion man. to be illegal in the state of Wisconsin. Yes. We are Wisconsin Tucky. Uh, Mississippi. <laughs> that, that one flows better off the tongue. But I, I just, I hate the bait and switch. I hate the disingenuous nature of that, where it's like, oh, I'll listen to the people. I'm a common sense guy. I'll listen to the people. And then it says our Republican-led legislature is a representation of our people, which has been nationally known as one of the worst gerrymandered legislatures in the country. And also is a reversal on the position that he had earlier until he figured out how unpopular that was. Yep. And then changed it to, well, if they put the bill in front of me i would sign it knowing that he's not going to have to because it'll never happen right he also continued to talk about things like abortion pills saying quote the stuff about if you're going to prohibit pills to come through the mail if it's against the law then it, that's against the law as the governor well as if the that's governor that's what the law says then that's what we have to go by what 
What? If that's the what the law from 1856 says, then I guess so be it. What can we do as the literal government of the state? You know, before those things were even invented. Oh my God! He also said that he had to quote work things out regarding (laughs) people traveling over state lines to get abortions. He couldn't even say definitively that he would not like set up roadblocks and checkpoints to (laughs) check for pregnant women trying to leave the state. Don't misrepresent him now. He said he wouldn't do that. Well, I don't know then what he's got to work out. I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, my God. We'll let him go across the state lines. We'll just prosecute him when they get back. He sounds like your stupid uncle that's just trying to make conversation during Thanksgiving. Hey, I'll have you know every uncle that I know of would have been very pro-abortion. He sounds like one of my stupid uncles at Thanksgiving. (laughs) I'm pretty sure at least one of my uncles is paid for an abortion, (laughs) if I had to be completely honest. And then Evers. Jesus Christ. Like, this was his moment. Michaels had a rambling, nonsense answer. He just threw out all the, like, bait out there. Just go get it. Just go take it all. It is yours for the taking, man. Rib him a new one in front of everybody. Now I'm just going to do my best droopy dog impression <laughs> and stumble through everything and go, uh, uh, I, well, I mean, my opponent is actually, um, you know, pretty radical. Um, uh, no. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, that's what I mean. About, oh my like, God. It was the right answer, but it was not not a very good delivery no he had the chance to get pissed off and just tear him a new one mm-hmm. and he didn't do it well and the whole thing and and the myth about late-term abortions is re- <laughs> well he wants to be able to kill babies once they pop out of the womb and call that abortion that's not how it works it's so stupid well, it really is late-term abortions generally are things that there is a problem with the baby fetus child whatever you want to call it i don't care little little tiny human where it's not going to survive and the option is basically the same we give to our pets at the end of their lives do you want to humanely put them down or do you want to watch them suffer and choke on their last breath which one do you want and then we'll just say that oh these radical liberals want to be able to club babies like they're little seals coming out of the wombs and just completely lie and misrepresent the actual situation it's extremely frustrating and was not pushed back against at all we're getting through this guys we're getting through this couple more here we go climate change again evers was super boring whatever don't care michaels <laughs> he all evers said was that we have to put more money into renewable energy well, right that's it i was actually excited i not like really excited but kind of surprised when he said that he wants a clean planet for him and his kids he wants to make the investments to make that happen I'm like whoa we got basically like aoc the governor coming over here i'm super <laughs> excited what do you what, what's your plan what are you gonna do and it made me super curious what he was gonna say next and then it was at michael's corporation <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and then they at Michael's corporate, we're environmental leaders. We try to make sure we go well beyond the standards and blah, 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 blah. My brother says that we have to. And I was thoroughly disappointed when he said, quote, climate change. There's a lot of discussion about that. Has the temperature gone up? Temperature has always fluctuated throughout the history of this world. And we can't say it all happened because of man's actions in the last hundred years. Mwah, mwah. No anthropomorphic cause to climate change. Uh, this was debunked by Al Gore. 20 years ago. I hate this. I hate this. So then he asked what he was actually going to 
do specifically to help address climate change that he doesn't believe in? Well, he's going to provide leadership. And, you know, there's a lot of problems and he knows how to fix it. He also said, and, you know, he wants a clean planet and a clean state for him and his kids. And to do that, he's going to make sure he works with the DNR. Yep. I I knew I immediately thought of you when he said this, like, oh, Jason's going to have a a field day with this. Oh, and by the way, the DNR has a lot of problems. It's probably close to being broken. I'm going to fix that. Yeah, it sounds like you really want to work with the DNR by getting rid of them, which is what every single Republican has tried to do for the last 50 years. It's Wisconsin is one of those states that our best resource is our natural resources. The amount of lakes that we have, I know Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. We have just as many, if not more, lakes in the state of Wisconsin. We have some of the greatest wilderness, some of the best waterways, all of those things that are all just being protected by the DNR, which has been criminally underfunded since the Scott Walker administration and is just hanging on by a thread. Tony Evers can't do anything to fix it because of our state legislature. And basically, Tim Michaels said that when he comes in, he's going to finish the job. Well, and then Evers even brought up in response, the whole head of the DNR. It's one of the board members is a Scott Walker appointee. We've talked about this on a previous show uh, who his term is up. It's done. But he refuses to leave. And the state legislature, again, which is just 100% opposed to any Democrat. That's all they do is basically they just say, as long as there's a Democrat in charge, we're not doing anything. They refuse to vote on his replacement, who was appointed by Tony Evers, and our conservative majority state Supreme Court ruled that the person whose term has been up for years can just stay as long as he wants to because the state legislature refuses to confirm his replacement. Yep. Which is essentially holding that department hostage. It's a crime. Every single Republican state assembly and legislature or assembly and Senate member should be in jail. They are all criminals. They are all traitors to the state of Wisconsin, and they are all being paid by us to do so. Like I said, the system's working, man. <laughs> Let's move to education. Michael's talked about how schools are supposedly failing under Evers. And remember from our previous episode that Wisconsin's actually risen in education rankings since Evers has taken office. Wants to institute a universal voucher program which would cripple public schools and shift taxpayer money to private schools, including religious schools who do not accommodate special needs students and discriminate based on their religious beliefs, you know, especially people who are, you know, gay, transgender, LGBT, you know, all those like. And then because of course he did. He just had to throw it at the end. He was so close, man. He was so close. Michael's brought up CRT. Cathode ray tubes. They hate him. <laughs> yeah. Which prompted a follow-up about critical race theory in schools and how they actually teach about race in general. Michael's answer? Quote, get parents involved. Right now, parents show up to the school board meetings and are given the stiff arms. When they're shouting and right. <laughs> being escorted out by police because they're starting fights. Being told, we know what we're doing. Let us educrats educate your kids. Even he loved that term. Oh, he loved He doubled up on it. Yeah, he totally Uh, did. His quote from the end of that rant, we're going to let parents decide, not a couple of woke educrats. Oh my God. Look, okay, I get that's not popular. I understand that. In fact, there was a Wisconsin state representative, a Democrat, who actually got into a lot of hot water, who basically said parents should just shut the hell up about their schools and they shouldn't have a say what's being taught. But honestly. (laughs) Parents 
idiots are stupid as hell and they should not have a voice when they're talking about things that they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, my parents never tried to tell any of my teachers, and I was a bad student, I, I no bones about that. My parents never tried to tell any of my teachers what they should be teaching me. Well, this is literally the equivalent of someone who has no idea what they're talking about telling you how to do your job. Why do we have this in the first place then? Mm -hmm. What is the point of schools at all? Not even public or private. What's the point? If you're not going to listen to people who are actually trained in the point of actually having education and pedagogy, what's the point of any of this? Why do we have standards and curriculums and any of that? We spend a lot of money developing all of this. And then Michaels went even further and said that he disagreed with how children are being taught because parents have shown him, quote, terrible things. Never any specific. No, 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 no. Never anything specific. And of course, the moderate didn't do her freaking job and simply asked, what do you mean? What things are you talking about? But you know, why have a debate? That's really by journalists who aren't doing the job as journalists. (laughs) (laughs) And as you said earlier, Michael said that he would spend more money than any other Wisconsin governor on education. Yep. But we've got a quote from him in the primary debate. The problem is we're already throwing so much money at education. That's been the fix, if you will, for the last 10 or 20 or 30 years. More money on education. More money on education. And it's not working. The definition of insanity. (laughs) But now in the general election, he says he will spend more money than any other governor has ever spent on education. The definition of the type of politician (laughs) conservatives hate the most. Which, I mean, he will spend more on education, but the money is going to be spent dismantling the public school system and moving money to private religious schools. Quite literally. That that is his plan. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not making a straw man. That is his plan exactly. That's every Republican candidate for governor's plan. The one thing they all agreed upon. Of course. Because that's all they literally have. They have no other platform besides that. And I was surprised when I first you did most of the work on this one. I've had a I had a rough week <laughs> at work. I'm very this sorry week. to hear that. So you did most of the notes for this episode and I read through the the notes on the debate and i was a little bit struck because i did not see what i consider to be the signature moment of this debate the thing that i knew about within hours after the debate was over as soon as we were done with uh, recording our podcast last week that everyone was talking about that i saw a, a million times you know like tell me i'm doing all the work and then just, you know, just publicly call me well out. i was surprised i was surprised that i, didn't, I did not see this moment I was not mad. I was just disappointed. Because you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he saving this? Is going to be some kind of reveal at the end? So then that's what I did, is I put it in as a reveal at the end. So to me, the signature moment of the debate was when Tim Michaels was asked about what he would do about a potential worker shortage in Wisconsin. Uh, specifically, they were citing a report saying that the state would see a decline of 130,000 workers from young people leaving the state. Because Wisconsin has one of the biggest brain drain problems in the country, as with a lot of other Midwestern states. And this was projected by 2030. So not, this is happening right now. What would you do to attract more people to either come to the state of Wisconsin or to stay in the state of Wisconsin so that we don't have this huge worker shortage that was projected in the report? And his answer was startling. Number one, we're going to get people off of their couches and get them back to work. We create 
created an entire class of lazy people during COVID. And it's time to get them back engaged in our economy and stop spending the unemployment checks, the COVID subsidy checks, which I know are now gone, but they were getting them and that's how they got lazy. You lazy, entitled millennials. Good for nothing people of Wisconsin. Our unemployment rate is at historic lows. It is. It is around 3% currently. Thanks to Tony Evers by Republican logic. Keeping sure that everyone was safe during COVID as best he could. He attacked and insulted all of the people in the state that he's running for governor in. Yep. We're a bunch of lazy Wisconsinites. And didn't answer the question at all. (laughs) Just just randomly attacked. You guys got $1,600 checks two years ago? Shut up. So I know you're still living (laughs) fat off of those, eating your Cheetos, playing your Xbox, but that's going to be all over once a new sheriff is in town. Back in my days, we had to work for a living. At Michael's Corporation. At Michael's Corporation. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. And how long How long has un- the unemployment enhanced benefits been gone? It's been a year, it was right? Since last summer, I believe. <sighs> and, and this shows you, this man does not have an original idea in his thick, snake-covered head. No. He's just repeating Republican talking points from two years ago. Yep. Again, I told you, he legitimately has no clue what's going on. He has no plans for anything. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just up there. And it's not based in reality. It's not targeted towards the state of Wisconsin. It's just a bunch of nonsense Republican garbage that, well, you can't give money to the people. They'll just waste it. They're lazy. They'll just sit on the couch and drink soda. Where you need to be giving the money is to Michael's Corporation, which has gotten over a billion dollars in state funding. Nah, that's fine, dude. You lazy bums got $1,600 two years ago. During a worldwide pandemic where a bunch of you died. (laughs) Get off the government teat. Says me, Tim Michaels, the largest beneficiary of state money in the state of Wisconsin. And then they went to final statements because, you know, this wasn't a debate, so they just had their closing statements about anything. And this was their chance, literally what the moderator said, their chance to correct anything that they have seen or have been attacked on from ads or whatever it may be. And use this 90 seconds at the end of an hour-long debate to, to correct all the things they want to correct. And in his final statement, Michaels accused Governor Erifs of not being a leader because, you know, of course, and, quote, always blaming the legislature for everything. I am so done with this. I am so freaking done with this stupid back-ass word style of logic where they are constantly saying, let's break everything ourselves and then when an opponent comes in, we tell them that's not working. I'm so done with it because you know that's exactly what the plan is. We destroy everything and then we tell them that it doesn't work and we're going to be the ones to fix it. I like to his answer of what the one thing that you'd like to correct on the record is and he went with the the sexual harassment allegations that have been kind of bandied about against the michaels corporation the thing that he cares the most about and you know we've talked about this personally between the two of us that i didn't we didn't really think it was an effective strategy because not that many people are honestly going to care about it because it doesn't affect them and doesn't really affect the state the governor's not i hope not going to sexually harass he's not going to cuomo it up and (laughs) 
start sexually harassing people when he's governor. Yeah, I'm sure frail Tony Evers will do something crazy. But the way he answered that was he said, there have only been six allegations of sexual misconduct in the history of the Michaels Corporation, and all of them have proven to be false. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so you run a construction company, and you're telling me no one's ever been sexually harassed ever in your construction company? And the fact that he was like, oh, they're all false allegations. Those women are crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now I actually do wonder about it yeah. a little bit more than before you said anything. Before you said it, I was like, yeah, that's that. I wouldn't have used that as a talking point. But then when he's like, and all six allegations that were false. Like, uh, okay, well, maybe you are trying to cover something <laughs> up. And I, I don't remember what Evers' answer to this was, but I do remember hating it. Because he didn't no, actually he, come up with anything. No, because he spent the first half making a joke that he sleeps in too late. Yeah, I, I didn't but, know what but he, he was, was going so on so bad about at it. Yeah, he was so bad and, like, uncharismatic with it. I thought that was legitimately his answer. Right, I'm like, what is he talking about? I've not heard <laughs> this. Know. Are people really concerned that he sleeps too late? And then after a minute like, and he started going to like explanations that he like sets his <laughs> alarm clock and, and it, like, literally like it would it was like he tried to make a joke and he went way too full into it it was really weird and within like a minute of his 90 seconds it was oh that's just a joke i'm anyway I'm like what <laughs> is happening oh that's the debate yay that's gonna be our last i think we did a better job debating tim michaels than tony Evers oh did for sure. man it was bad you guys don't watch this one <laughs> you, you may get some interest out of the the Barnes and Johnson one if you watch the second one this was bad mm -hmm. don't don't watch it uh we made it though you're all lazy anyway yeah. you're, not gonna, you're not gonna go watch it <laughs> too busy eating Doritos <laughs> on the couch with your unemployment check listen to your CRT hey did you know Michaels is a businessman I I have heard he, he's a businessman that he does business he, he, and he's, he's a businessman it's got strong leadership he's got real strong leadership did you know he's a vet he's a vet too he uh, was hand chosen to be the whatever lead flag carrier in front of the tomb of the unknown soldier I have no way of closing I bet this. that dude can fold a flag like nobody's business <laughs> knows how to if you need to know how to get the perfect pleat on your pants that's the guy you go to uh, don't know what any of his policies are though and i've nope. listened to him in two different debates the only thing i know is he wants to cut taxes <laughs> and destroy public schools which is like his most fervent thing he talked when he said that he can like talk about education all day long i'm like oh my god please you spare us <laughs> uh we're done we made it though that's it all done we're done no, with debates no we're not more doing debates, any more man. debates i don't want to do it there are no more scheduled debates between johnson and barnes there's no more scheduled debates between evers and michaels i ain't getting into all the other ones outside of the state <laughs> y'all can do that on your own we're done thank you for listening we hope to see you in the next episode you can find us on facebook and twitter at thinkpropod you can email us at thinkpropod at gmail.com and remember when in doubt think progressively
You believe we're already on episode 77. Seems such a high number. What? This was a very weird, like, non-milestone number to bring this up on. Eh, well, you know. <laughs> just one of actually, those things actually, that seems I did, like a lot. I did get a notification from BuzzFeed that we got, like, 4,000 downloads now. <laughs> wow, we Woo! finally we finally got, like, half of one episode for most podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just two white guys doing a podcast that no one listens to. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> it's our new theme song. Yeah. <laughs> and I give this to my friend for all he's done for this country and this country. This county. Damn it. <laughs> I'm like, why is it saying and this country? I, I stroked out. Okay. And I gave this to my friend for all he's done for this country. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which one to keep first. <laughs>